Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. but We all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. So like many of you, I have trouble sleeping. I have insomnia. No matter what I tried, it wouldn't work until I met Mike Lindell and I got my very own MyPillow. It has changed my life. What makes MyPillow so different is MyPillow's patented adjustable fill. In other words, you can adjust the patented fill to your exact individual needs so you get the support you need and want to help you get to sleep faster and stay asleep longer. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-919-6090. Remember, use the promo code Hannity. When you do, Mike Lindell will give you his best offer ever. Buy one pillow and get another one absolutely free. MyPillow, made in the USA, 10-year unconditional warranty, and it has a 60-day, no-questions-asked money-back guarantee. You have nothing to lose. So it's time for you to start getting the quality of sleep that you've been wanting and we need. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity. Take advantage of Mike's special two-for-one offer, MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. All right, we made it. Happy Friday. And write down our toll-free telephone number. We'd love to hear from you today. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. we got a lot coming up today. we got two Freedom Caucus members. We're going to talk about all of the news that, that, frankly, we could be taking a big victory lap on if we wanted to, but we won't. But the hearing yesterday was so epic and blockbuster. Um, but you, you would not have known about the things that were being said unless you were listening to programs like this or watching programs like mine on, on Fox because the mainstream media has been so obsessed with the phony story and the lies they've been tolding, telling and that they've all doubled down on. Uh, but anyway, we have Dave Bratton and uh, Warren Davidson. I'm going to check in in the course of the program. Kellyanne Conway stops by today and Christian Adams. We'll have plenty of time for your calls also in the course of the day. Why don't we start with a little good news for once, right? All right. November Trump expectations, 228,000 jobs created. That now brings the number to 2.2 million new jobs 
since you, the American people, elected Donald Trump. We now have the best labor participation rate in a decade in this country. Remember, we talked a lot about the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. Well, it's getting better and better every day. We have a record low unemployment rate of 4.1%. That is a 17-year low. Uh, When you break things down demographically, for example, you have historic uh, unemployment uh, in the Hispanic community. It's now 4.7%, the lowest in history. And um, an amazing accomplishment. And and look at the, I think one of the things that really matters the most here is the manufacturing job. We have a record low unemployment in manufacturing. Well, that's a direct result of the president saying to companies and telegraphing, don't go to, don't go to Mexico, don't go across the border somewhere, build your manufacturing centers and your factories here. I mean, there is, this is like night follows day. What's going to happen here? It's going to be very simple. When you have multinationals with trillions of dollars and this, this, tax cut bill goes into effect, they're now going to bring that money into America. Now, what do you, do you think they're going to put it in a savings account and hope for some interest? No. They, they're going to now start spending. They're now going to start investing. They, they want, with, with the end of the regulations, which incentivizes business, it literally costs them a fortune, and corporations now having nearly a, a 50% tax cut. Remember, corporations don't pay taxes. You pay taxes. That's a tax cut at the end of the day for you. So it's all good news here today. It's, um, you know, we have the the fewest number of people on food stamps in seven years. Another big indicator. Think of all the statistics that I gave out last year. Um, And that means, what does it mean? It means jobs and opportunities and hope for people and families that have been struggling after the disastrous economy of Obama, the only president never to reach 3% GDP growth in the history of our country. That's a big deal. The guy that doubled the debt. We're still not getting a hold of the debt yet, but it will be a natural occurrence. Reagan doubled revenues in eight years to the federal government just by following his strong uh, tax plan and ending burdensome regulation in his day. You know, we just got to get Congress to spend a little less. Ending baseline budgeting would be the single best thing we could do with maybe the exception of of Homeland Security and national security purposes. Um, you know, I, I watch the fake news media, and I don't know whether to laugh or cry half the time because they're so dumb and they're so ignorant. And there's nobody worse than CNN fake news except for MSNBC conspiratorial news. And what really is, is spectacular to me is you've got people that don't read. You've got people that don't do their job. They think they can just, you know, go into makeup, get their hair done, show up on TV, maybe read a few headlines and think that they know what the news is and everything is seen through their prism of, uh, it's now becoming sort of genetic to them, their hatred of the president, which is bordering on irrational. There's almost an emotional breakdown on some of these shows on a daily basis. And, of course, the attacks against us. We, we have turned out to be so right so often. When I was watching these hearings yesterday, everything that we've been saying on radio, everything we've been saying on TV, every layer of the onion that we have peeled back in the last year was literally brought to the forefront for the whole country to see. I thought Jim Jordan of, of the Freedom Caucus did probably one of the best jobs 
But then you had Trey Gowden, you had a bunch of other people that did really good jobs too. I don't wanna I don't wanna pick favorites here, but it's just amazing how to some of these people in the media, this is all new stuff because their fixation and focus has always been on the wrong thing. And that was Trump Russian collusion. Now they might point to, well, Paul Manafort was indicted. What about that, Hannity? And I'm like, nothing to do with Trump Russia collusion. Nothing. Zip. Well, what about Lieutenant General Flynn? No, that was lying to the FBI. That was not Trump Russia collusion. Well, wait, it's coming, though. It's definitely there. No, that's not going to happen either. And they just, for the life of them, you know, there's a lot of deep resentment for me, and I'm gonna, I'll give them the secret sauce if they had any brains, they'd actually follow the model. The secret sauce is to actually read, do your research, find your own sources, talk to people, work the phones, and for every hour you're on the air, you should probably be working three hours off the air, preparing your shows. And, and getting ready, being informed, and bringing information to the table, along with your your bias and your opinions, because every one of these people that think they're newscasters are not. You know, I'll give you one example of what's happening over at CNN today. I guess, you know, Friday afternoon, a big day for the destroyed Trump media, because they love hyperventilating every Friday over some phony Russiagate story that they've come up with. And last Friday, of course, it was Brian Ross's Michael Flynn's guilty plea. This had happened uh, This had happened when he was the candidate, the big bombshell. Well, that had Joy Behar doing a reenactment of the uh, I'll have what she's having seen, you know, uh, in, in a movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Back to the show. Breaking news. Oh, my God. Oh, oh breaking boy. news. ABC News' Brian Ross is oh. reporting. Michael Flynn promised full cooperation to the Mueller team and is prepared to testify that as a candidate, Donald Trump directed him to make contact with the Russians. Yes! Yeah. Sorry, she had egg all over her face, and Ross was suspended and then further banned from ever covering Trump again. Didn't work out the way they wanted. And over at Fake News CNN, you got Wolfie Blitzer over there dancing in the aisles because somebody gave CNN an email that was purported to be from WikiLeaks that was sent to Donald Trump Jr. before the campaign. Now, the problem with the story is we already knew that WikiLeaks had contacted Donald Jr., so it's not new news. It's not, oh, big CNN, breaking this is CNN. And a bit today. This is CNN. Um, well, that news had broken, by the way, weeks ago, and then after the initial media hysteria died down, it faded into the woodwork because it proved absolutely nothing. And the second problem with the story right off the top was there were so many caveats and disclaimers that it was clear earlier today that even CNN doesn't know that the email proves a thing. You know, they report, oh, Donald Trump and his son, Donald Trump Jr., and others in the Trump organization received an email in September of 2016 offering a decryption key and website address for hacked WikiLeaks documents, according to an email provided to congressional investigators. The September 4th, 2016 email was sent during the final stretch of the 2016 presidential race, on the same day that Trump Jr. first tweeted about WikiLeaks and Clinton. 
Well, the email came two months after the hacked emails of the DNC were made public, one month before WikiLeaks began leaking the contents of Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta's hacked emails. Remember, Julian Assange has not been wrong in 11 years, and he has said to me repeatedly on this show and when I went to the Ecuadorian embassy that it wasn't a state entity and it wasn't Russia. Well, let's not ask the guy that would actually know. That would be that'd be really wrong. Anyway, it arrived less than uh, three weeks before WikiLeaks itself messaged Trump Jr. and began an exchange. Now, that's uh, and by the way, the exchange of direct messages on Twitter, that was a reference to reports from weeks ago showing that somebody from WikiLeaks had reached out to Trump Jr. But neither that story nor this one contained any evidence Trump Jr. took it any further by either responding or acting on the tip. And, you know, but it is interesting that we care so much about Russia collusion. There's nobody in the destroy Trump media that seems to care after a year of lies that we now know a fact. And the fact is that Hillary Clinton bought and paid for that phony Russian dossier, you know, with the salacious material on Donald Trump that they used to influence all the American people in the lead up to an election and may have been used as a predicate and a foundation for a FISA warrant to spy on a candidate, an opposition candidate, and on a president-elect and his entire team. Well, that'll get to be a big story. They may even have to report that one at some point, these geniuses. I love all these people that, that run campaigns, fail, and then they become experts on campaigns and governance. It's, it's fascinating to me. The biggest failures in in the world seem to end up as the the commentator du jour. Anyway, there's a reference in the reports, as I've been saying here. So all this means is, you know, the email was described to CNN by multiple sources verified by Trump's attorney came from someone who listed their name as Mike Erickson. Congressional investigators were uncertain who the sender is. CNN unable to make contact with the individual. So what their big bombshell report today was they didn't know whether this email was a spoof or a setup or a hoax or God knows what. And CNN said, well, it's not clear whether the email was a legitimate effort to provide the hacked documents to the Trump campaigns. Why are you reporting it with such breathlessness and hysteria? And after CNN's stories was published, Julian Assange tweeted it was not clear what this has to do with WikiLeaks. Many enthusiastic readers emailed around uh, archives of our publication during the election. Now we find out. Just as I'm coming on the air here, it shouldn't surprise anybody. I thought it might take till tomorrow like usual. But CNN's big Russiagate bombshell, well, sorry, it went off like an exploding cigar. And it turns out that just hours after CNN went with it, the Washington Post blew it out of the water. And it looks like Wolfie Blitzer and CNN fake news are going to have to take apology lessons from Joy Behar and Brian Ross. Every other Friday. This is CNN. So hours after this, the Washington Post reports the email was actually sent on September 14th, the day after. Oh, whoopsie-daisy, not before. He didn't get a heads up. The day after WikiLeaks published and released, oh, the same files online. Whoopsie-daisy. That would suggest the sender may have simply been pointing to the Trump campaign to publicly available documents. Yeah, this is CNN. 
All right, only two words you need to remember while making your list and checking it twice this holiday season. Tommy John, they are the revolutionary men's underwear, T-shirt, sock brand, and they have redefined comfort for men everywhere, including and especially me. All Tommy John underwear is crafted from the most comfortable fabric you'll ever use. It's impossible to be uncomfortable in Tommy John. Plus, their innovation never takes a day off at Tommy John, even during the holidays. They're constantly thinking of new ways to give you the best product you've ever tried. Like their patented undershirts I wear every day? Well, they stay tucked in and literally pull perspiration right off your body. And also, Tommy John, their underwear is backed by the best pair you'll ever wear, guarantee, or it's free from TommyJohn.com. So give the gift of life-changing comfort for the holidays, TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. You get 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. Plus, you get extra savings with exclusive holiday daily deals only at TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. So I wonder who might get fired by next week or taken off the Trump campaign from fake news CNN. You get, you know, you almost have to fire the whole staff. You have to get rid of everybody at the end because it just is what it is. All right. I've got a couple of things that we're going to get into today, and I want to just set this up for you. When you look at where we are now and how badly the media has botched everything in terms of reporting and by the way, they never told you Obama's record. They never vetted him back in the day. They never told you after eight years how atrocious his record was. You know, they anointed him from day one, and and they helped elect him by never doing their job. And they tried to spin his record even this year by not talking about it. It's what they chose never to talk, that the policies of Barack Obama failed and failed miserably. Now we've got a situation where we have some, and I— make the distinction there's many great law enforcement people the vast majority are same in the fbi same in the secret service same in the in the intelligence community but we have others that are using the tools of intelligence that are misusing their positions at the fbi when james comey and peter struck were writing the exoneration for hillary before the investigation was done the fix was in That's now incontrovertible. The timeline is what it is. When you got a dossier that we now know was bought and paid for, and of course then we have FBI guys meeting with Fusion GPS and meeting with Christopher Steele, that's a problem because they should have figured out pretty early that that was all Russian paid-for lies and that Hillary was paying for it. But we all strongly suspect, at least in the hearings yesterday, that that dossier was used as the foundation to get a warrant to spy on and surveil a opposition candidate and a president-elect and those around him. Just like we know that the Uranium One deal, you know, with Hillary signing off, Eric Holder signing off, and Robert Mueller knowing all about Putin's foothold within this country, bribing and and robbing and, and literally being involved in extortion and money laundering and all sorts of other crimes as a means of of getting a hold of America's uranium, and they did nothing to stop it. You get all of the, then you get Robert Mueller, Comey, his best buddy, you know, sets it up so we get a special prosecutor. Turns out to be Mueller. Mueller puts in every corrupt, unethical uh, prosecutor he could possibly find, anybody that is pro-Hillary and anti-Trump. It's mind-numbing that we're allowing this to continue. Straight ahead. Straight ahead. 
I-25 till the uh, top of the hour on this Friday, 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, We have the House Intelligence Committee saying today that they now intend to subpoena the top assistant to Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. That's the guy that secretly met with the Trump dossier author, Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele is the guy that was hired by Fusion GPS. By the way, he met with them, too. His name is Bruce Orr. And the and that was after the Clinton campaign had paid to create the phony Russian lied propaganda document. What an irony. Isn't it an irony? What an incredible irony that here we are and that everything that everybody in the media on the left in this country was so outraged about, they did. Their silence now is deafening. The committee has learned that Bruce Orr, the associate attorney general, not only spoke with the dossier writer Christopher Steele, but also met Christopher Steele after the election with Glenn Simpson. Remember Glenn Simpson? He was the guy, it was his company, Fusion GPS, that um, hired Mr. Steele with Democratic Hillary Clinton campaign money, DNC money. But that's when she, according to Donna Brazil, Hillary was running the DNC. Quote, pursuant to House Intelligence Committee's prior subpoenas and information requests, the Department of Justice should have provided the committee with information on contacts that DOJ office Bruce Orr had with Fusion GPS representatives and Christopher Steele, and the, said the committee chairman, Devin Nunes. Now, the committee will issue a subpoena as it relates to Bruce Orr for other information. Um, this is all getting very interesting. Don't you think the whole thing is just... You see the corruption and how deep it's uh, how deep it runs. It's so, so sinister. It's taken a long time to get where we were. That's why this was such a good week this week. Anyway, so pursuant to that or had Fusion GPS representatives in a meeting with Christopher Steele. That's the DOJ. I mean, that is that is the FBI. This is, this is the highest level. Why couldn't they figure out? Did, now, one question that remains is, did they pay? Did Comey really want to pay? We've heard reports up to $50,000. One report yesterday, they might have paid up to $100,000. That's yet to be confirmed, but it's a question that needs to be asked and answered, hopefully sooner rather than later. And I think these committees might, for the first time, actually do their job and get to the bottom of some of this. You know, here's another interesting tidbit in in terms of Mueller's band of Trump-hating, Hillary-loving uh, donors to the to the DNC and, and to Obama and to Hillary is not one Republican donor that we found, not one. Now, I've been telling you the most aggressive prosecutor on Robert Mueller's anti-Trump team, this guy by the name of Andrew Weissman, Wall Street Journal reports today, actually attended Hillary Clinton's election night party, the one that was at the Jacob... Javits Center in New York. Remember, Hillary was planning her fireworks that night and then had to cancel them because it looked tacky like she thought she was going to win. That's how confident everybody was that she was going to win. Now, Weissman, if you go into his background and his record, he's the one that was involved in the Arthur, I'm sorry, in the Anderson accounting investigation as it relates to Enron. And as a result of his great work, tens of thousands of people, a good company was put out of work and tens of thousands of people lost their jobs. And, of course, then the same guy was involved with the Enron and Merrill Lynch case. And 
It turned out he sent innocent people to jail for almost a year. In both those cases, he had major overturns on the obstruction of justice case. The Supreme Court overturned the the conviction 9-0. And he was excoriated for some of the behavior he was involved in. He had actually highlighted in yellow exculpatory evidence that was never turned over to the defense. He made up laws that don't even exist. I don't know anybody that has as big a failed record as Andrew Weissman, nor somebody that uses the aggressive tactics like this is the guy that was responsible for raiding Paul Manafort's home and and shaking down his wife at six o'clock in the morning. What did you what did you think his wife was going to do at that moment? Now, there's a time and a place for raids like that, but that's not it unless you want to make a big show of things. Well, it gets even more interesting. Weissman is one of several Democratic donors hired by Mueller. And uh, the special counsel's pit bull donated $6,600 to the presidential campaigns of Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. This is not an objective, fair special counsel that has been put together. And for all you idiots over at MSNBC that have sold your souls for jobs, you might want to consider for once looking at facts and information. Maybe you'll come to the conclusion that what James Comey did was really wrong when he exonerated Hillary, along with Peter Strzok, who's a Clinton lover and Trump hater, exonerated her and began drafting an exoneration letter before they even did the investigation. Maybe you'll see something wrong with our justice system there. Or the fact that you've got high-ranking people within the DOJ, you know, working with Michael Steele. I'm sorry, it's Christopher Steele and working with, um, you know, others as it relates to the dossier. This guy that is that put the dossier together, this Fusion GPS guy, Glenn Simpson. Maybe you'll see some problems there. Maybe you'll see some real Russia collusion when Christopher Steele is getting Russia propaganda that he's paying for while he's getting paid by Hillary Clinton's campaign and Hillary Clinton's run DNC. And maybe you'll see there's a problem that the American people were fed lies and propaganda about a candidate leading up to an election. Sounds like a little bit of collusion to me. And maybe some of you people at CNN Fake News or Conspiracy TV, MSNBC, maybe you'll finally realize that you know, when Robert Mueller and Eric Holder and all these people, when they we know they had an FBI informant on the ground inside of the network that Vladimir Putin was building in America and that they knew crimes were being committed and bribery and extortion and kickbacks and money laundering and other racketeering crimes, all in an effort to get a hold of America's uranium. And yet we have a FBI source in there that's feeding the information back. I think maybe the American people need to know need to know get answers to why didn't Mueller act? Why didn't Eric Holder act? Why did they allow this to go through? It never made sense that 20 percent of America's uranium would go to a, a hostile regime like Russia and a hostile actor like Vladimir Putin. And you might want to follow the money from all those people in Canada that were involved in this Uranium One deal, kicking back all this money to the Clintons, and look at the timeline that I have expressed and shown on TV many times. Maybe that's something that CNN fake news can dig their teeth into and maybe get right, or fake news MSNBC can do. You know, you've got, you know, Mueller now hiring eight, eight of the 16 people he hired originally 
are all Democratic donors. He hired no Republican donor. I'm not even talking about Peter Strzok. We know his biases and his girlfriend's biases. Okay, they're gone. Who else is going to go next? Was it maybe, should it maybe be Andrew Weissman, a big Hillary donor? Andrew Weissman attending Hillary Clinton's election night party at the Jacob Javits Center in New York? Maybe he should go. And what about, what about Comey himself that leaked to the Columbia professor so it would go to the New York Times so he can get the special counsel? What about that particular case? Well, Rod Rosenstein is up to his eyeballs in all of this. You know, the fact that Peter Strzok is involved in the email, the dossier, Uranium One, the Mueller investigation, that the fact that he's involved in the interview of Hillary Clinton and Cheryl Mills and Uma Abedin, all of whom lied, all of them. They weren't charged with lying the way that the FBI went after General Flynn. Why weren't they charged with lying? Why is there a dual system of justice in the United States of America in this day and age? Why is Bruce Orr meeting with somebody that put together Russian lies when they're supposed to be looking into Russian collusion and all of this stuff? You know, why did he go to the party? Now we got more information that I want to share with you today. Yeah, we're going to get to Joe in a second. Is we have yet another key member member of Count of Robert Mueller's Russia probe appears to have deep ties to the Democratic Party. His name is Aaron Zebley. Zebley served as uh, Mueller's chief of staff at the FBI, senior counselor in the National Security Division at the Department of Justice, also an assistant U.S. attorney in the National Security and Terrorism Unit in Alexandria, Virginia. He's often referred to in the media as Mueller's right-hand man. Well, also in 2015, when he was a lawyer, he represented Justin Cooper, the IT staffer who personally set up Hillary Clinton's unsecure server in her Chappaqua home. Now, you know, Cooper, it so happens, is also an aide who destroyed Clinton's old blackberries with a hammer. Wow, what a background and what a what a what a distinction that is to have in life. And documents that Fox News got a hold of and Senate investigators got a hold of grew frustrated with Zelby after repeatedly stonewalling when they were trying to set up a meeting with Cooper. And Zelby, he calls the Homeland Security Committee to inform them Cooper had chosen to cancel the interview. And it goes on from there. You know, I've never seen such corruption in my life. By the way, joining us now is Joe Bastardi, weatherbell.com. we got a big storm heading up the east, east coast of uh, the northeastern part of the country. What's going on? By well, the way, this is the, this is the selfish section of the Sean Hannity show because I want to know. Anyway, go ahead. Well, uh, it's almost like a Hallmark movie snowstorm in that there's not going to be a lot of, you know, drifting and wind and tidal flooding and all that. It's a four-day thumper that is going to be starting in D.C. by midnight into Philadelphia, 3 to 6 a.m., into New York around 6 a.m., probably Boston and Providence, 9 to noon. Snow for 12 to 18 hours, give 4 to 8 inches, locally 12, right up the I-95 corridor. Inland as far back as, let's say, uh, Winchester, Virginia, uh, probably uh, to Danbury, Connecticut, and then on up into New England, and all the way to the coast too. Long Island is in in this. Uh, New Jersey is in this. So great! And I got a I got great. a business meeting tomorrow that I got to go to, and I got to go on the the on ninety five. You're telling me I'm going to be snowed in or what? Well, I don't know. I would assume they're going to be plowing it, but it's going to be a rough haul. I mean, you know, anytime it's snowing that hard, 
uh, that's going to be a pain in the neck. So I don't know where your business meeting is, but if it's in Connecticut, way, what time do I, what time does it start snowing? Oh, it'll be snowing at your place uh, probably by six, seven a.m. in the morning. Oh, great! So, now I got to go early. You have to come. There goes well, yeah, my there goes go my early. good night's sleep. You know why do you always bring me bad news? Why every time I it's a tornado, it's a hurricane, it's a storm. You know, oh, Hannity, well, a, a cat five is headed right towards your vacation property in Naples, Florida. It's a direct hit. I hope you're okay. No. And then the week after, you, oh, your other home. Uh, your main home is also in a direct path of a, a massive storm. That's what you told me this year so far. Yeah, well, that, uh, you that's know, all I just true. Keep you prepared. But well, by the way, you were right every time. What, what's fascinating is the weather is giving us signals with what's happening for what's going to happen. I'm going to give you an example. You know, these wildfires in California is a horrible situation. But back in the spring, we were predicting major wild, a major wildfire this uh, uh, this uh, season. Uh, because of the fact that we had so much rain in California, you go back and look at it. Because of the type of winter and spring we had, we were ready for that hurricane season. The type of hurricane season we had this year, folks, is similar to 33, 50, 2005, 1995, 2010, 2008. Guess what? All those Decembers turned cold in the eastern part of the United States. So we got the hint, and I've been posting this on Twitter, and of course for my Weatherbell subscribers, we knew in October that cold was going to invade the East this year, big time, uh, unlike the past uh, few years for December and right through the holiday season, probably through January. And that doesn't mean you can't warm up and get to 50 for a couple of days before. But from now on, we're going to have to watch right into the new year for these threats of snowstorms every three or four days in the Midwest and the eastern part of the United States. So it's getting started now and for a change uh, you know, the bright side. Of you know, this is the third the time this year you told me that both of my houses were going to get hit. And now you're telling me that my one day off that I have a meeting that I have to go to, that I'm going to be driving in a storm. You have brought me the worst news this year. Merry Christmas to you, too. Well, <laughs> I don't mean to bring you bad news. I did. Want I'm to just teasing. Something. All right. Well, but you're telling people to be safe and expect a storm. Well, by the yeah. way, we love and Joe Bastardi. And if you want the most accurate weather, you got to go to weatherbell.com. I go there every day. Uh, my friend, thanks for the warning and the update. We appreciate it. We, you know I'm kidding with you. My pleasure. T- take it easy. Bye-bye. All right. 800-941-SEAN. This is interesting. It was in the Washington Examiner. The president's top economic advisor said today that this fall's hurricanes made economic growth look slower than it really is, adding that we're at 4% GDP growth, basically. Now, Gary Cohn made that statement today with the tax plan. We're going to easily see 4% growth next year. We have that. That's massive. Peter Strzok is selected to be on Mueller's team. After all this history, put on Mueller's team, and then he's removed for some pro-Clinton text messages. I mean, there are all kinds of people on Mueller's team who are pro-Clinton. There's been all kinds of stories. PolitiFact reported 96% of the top lawyers' uh, uh, contributions went to Clinton or Obama. But Peter Strzok, the guy who ran the Clinton investigation, interviewed Mills, Abedin, interviewed Secretary Clinton, changed gross negligence and crime to the term extreme carelessness, who ran the Russian investigation, who interviewed Mike Flynn, gets put on Mueller's team, and then he gets kicked off for a text message that's anti-Trump. If he kicked everybody off Mueller's team who was anti-Trump, I don't think there'd be anybody left. So here, here there's got to be something more here. It can't just be some text messages that show a pro-Clinton anti-Trump bias. There's got to be something more. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. But my hunch is 
It has something to do with the dossier. Director did Peter Strzok help produce and present the application to the FISA court to secure a warrant to spy on Americans associated with the Trump campaign? Uh, Congressman, I'm not prepared to discuss anything about uh, a FISA process in this setting. We're not talking about what happened in the court. We're talking about what the FBI took to the court, the application. Did Peter Strzok, was he involved in taking that to the court? Uh, I'm not going to discuss in this setting anything to do with the FISA court applications. Are you backing off your stance from last month where you said we will not leave here in December without a DACA fix? No, I stand by that statement. We will not leave here without a DACA fix. Yes, ma'am. Um, two questions on back on DACA. Yes, ma'am. Are you have you changed your mind at all about being willing to accept some border wall funding um, or immigration crackdown funding on within a Dream Act fix? I don't know. When you say have you changed your mind, we said to the president the night he agreed uh, to the DACA um, legislation uh, that we understand we have a responsibility to protect our border, and we th- think there are many things we can do working together to do that. And members have been working in a bipartisan way to address that. So we're not backing off anything, and uh, including uh, meeting the needs of protecting our border. We're not going to uh, turn this country into a reign of terror of domestic enforcement uh, uh, and have the DACA, the dreamers, pay that price. But the, I, I, I'm optimistic. I, I always have been. Uh, God is with us on this. Our country is great. We know that greatness springs from the vitality that newcomers bring to our country. 80% at least of the American people support the dreamers. And uh, at some members at the president's holiday uh, event the other night, he called it a holiday event, by the way. It wasn't a Christmas party. It was a holiday event. Uh, at that, the Republican members were saying to me, this is 80 percent in my district. People support the Dreamers. And I've had some of their spouses say to me, we have to, we have to get the Dream Act. So this says, again, bipartisan support. We can find our common ground. All right, Nancy, it's God wishes this for us. God is with us in, the, in all of this. Then, of course, earlier, it was uh, a pretty epic showdown yesterday with Christopher Wray, the FBI director, and many of the uh, people in the Freedom Caucus. The one person you heard, that one voice that you heard was uh, Jim Jordan, a frequent voice on this program. Joining us now are Freedom Caucus members, Dave Brad of Virginia and Warren Davidson of Ohio. First of all, Dave, I'm, pr- I'm sure you're pretty proud of uh, our mutual friend, Jim Jordan, I thought he and a few others on on yesterday before the FBI director did an amazing job in laying out the case of just how bad things have gotten. Yeah, no, thanks for having us on, Sean. Yeah, Jim's just an absolute American icon. He's just a truth teller. He, he just always emphasizes uh, telling the truth, keeping your promises to the American people. You just see him highlight, keeping it very simple, highlighting the corruption one by one. And then Meadows and Gates and Davidson. And, and uh, we got a bunch of great guys in the Freedom Caucus that have been uh, leading the fight. Yeah, well, let, let's talk specifically about all of this, because this guy Peter Strzok is in the middle of everything. Uh, first, we know that he and Comey, Literally, they got Hillary off the hook because they didn't do an investigation and they just wrote an exoneration letter. Uh, of course, he's the one that changed the language from gross negligence. Then you got, of course, he's up to his eyeballs in that Clinton bought and paid, paid for phony Russian dossier that was meant to influence the American people. Then, of course, we've got the Uranium One deal and, you know, people like Mueller and Rosenstein and a whole bunch of other people. They, they knew because they had an FBI informant on the ground that recognized Vladimir 
of Vladimir Putin's uh, intentions of getting a foothold in the uranium industry in this country. And there was bribery and extortion and kickbacks and money laundering, and they did nothing. And then they allowed the Uranium One deal to go through. And meanwhile, we don't have enough uranium as a country ourselves. And then it's Comey, and then it's Mueller, and it's Mueller's team of, you know, Trump-hating Clinton supporters. So I don't think if I wrote a novel... Uh, Dave Bratt, in any way anybody would believe that this is possible in the United States. Yeah, well, thank God for uh, people like you who keep those lists and go over that night by night by night. And then what we need, and we just had a blue wave in Virginia, right? I mean, the Democrats are enthused. They're drip, drip, drip. They own the media. And so all the Republicans and grassroots and populists and Trump uh, fighters out there need to get on board your train and need to write your newspapers. You need to tell your Republican committee to grow a spine. You need to call your congressman and say, where are you at on this? And you also need to hold the Democrats' feet to the fire. That we, Our press never asks, you know, my senators, Mark Warner and Kane, Tim Kane, the Democrats, what are your views? The press asks us every controversial question every morning to fight against our side. But our, our, we need to get blog sites and conservative energy going again uh, to fight back against this corruption. And you're the leader of the charge, uh, you and Rush and, and Laura Ingram and uh, all you know, a bunch of the good hosts at night that do a great job. And uh, so I applaud you. Keep it going because the, the, the best well, it's a, it, you, you know, I got to be honest, it, body. It, it takes every night a good 15 minutes to put it all together in a way that's understandable because there's so much information and so much evidence about this. Warren Davidson of Ohio, uh, let's get your thoughts generally on the investigation about Mueller, uh, about Hillary Clinton and her involvement, the fact that they they literally the fix was in in her particular case. And then the way they treated, of course, General Flynn. Yeah, you know, you say investigation, people keep using that word. Uh, It reminds me of Princess Bride. I don't think they know what it means. It looks a lot more like an inquisition. I hope we're surprised, but more and more it looks like you've got a conspiracy uh, of sorts to try to trump up a whole reason to have an investigation. And so if Jim Jordan's thesis is right, and Matt Gates did a great job of unearthing that, that the whole premise goes back to wrongfully obtained uh, information on a on a fake dossier that leads to a, a corrupt FISA and, uh, uh, warrant to to tap a, a political campaign. I mean, this is much bigger than Watergate was, uh, if that's true. And what's what's really disturbing is the Justice Department is not complying with congressional requests for information. They're not responding to subpoenas, and so. You know, you have the same structural problem with the Justice Department in that sense that we had when Loretta Lynch was uh, was attorney well, general. Well, let's look at one point in particular. Let's focus on this one. And, and Dave, Brad, I'll ask you first. So it took a long time, but we finally found out that it was Fusion GPS. Now, people say, well, Fusion GPS was hired as an op research firm for a Republican. Yeah, okay, but that was long before Fusion GPS ever hired Christopher Steele, the former MI6 agent from Great Britain. But anyway, so Hillary Clinton, we now know, bought and paid for this dossier. We know that Christopher Steele uh, paid good money to Russian operatives to produce the salacious lies about Donald Trump, all in an effort to spread Russian propaganda uh, and influence the American people. And the scarier part of this is the likelihood, now that we know that Bruce Orr in particular met with Fusion GPS and, and 
and met with uh, uh, Christopher Steele, uh, and they all knew about this dossier. They should have known it's false, but the FBI may have even been involved in, in funding some of this. It's an open question at this point, but was it used as a as a weapon and as evidence to go before a FISA court or any other court to get a warrant to spy on candidate Trump and other officials or president-elect Trump and other officials, it would appear that may be very likely, Dave Brett. Yeah, well, I think it does. Warren just got done laying it out and you laid it out. And then and then you ask yourself the bigger question, why does it move forward? And I mean, can you just comprehend the world if President Trump wouldn't have won? So you're seeing what it's like uh, to drain the swamp and try to clear out the deep state at the State Department, the FBI, the CIA, etc. And there's just tremendous pushback. And and that's the real challenge that faces us right now. You're making the case. Warren's making the case. Jordan just aired it all out. And now you have to affect those institutions. And that's the hard part because they have just floors and floors and floors of Democratic operatives hired over decades. And, you know, I mean, since the 60s. And so that's the real challenge in front of us. And President Trump, of course, has been leading that fight. And he's trying to drain the swamp. But it is incredible the fight he's in. And he needs our full support. Why couldn't uh, we get an answer yesterday? What, Say it again, Sean. Why couldn't we get an answer if the fake, phony hit Hillary Clinton bought and paid for dossier was used to get a warrant on an opposition candidate? Yeah, well, and that's that's what we got to do. I, I mean, if, if he won't answer the question, they all report to the president. So either he, either the president or Pence should come on down and just provide us the answer. Right. I mean, we, we need to have on, on a, the the few key questions that are as important to the continuation of this republic is this question. The president himself ought to weigh in and or the vice president ought to weigh in and go in front of the media and just throw this thing and use the bully pulpit to its full effect. And yeah. I think that is a huge way forward for our. our Warren, our Warren Davidson, do you do you think the president should do that or does the president have the authority? And where's Jeff Sessions? Well, that's that's the real question. I mean, I, I, I'm a huge Jeff Sessions fan, but I've just been stunned by some of the actions here. And if you look at the, the some of the things in a FISA warrant are classified, but the evidence presented to the court isn't. So there's no real good reason, even in a classified setting, they should be able to go and say, well, I can't answer that here, but I'd be happy to meet you in this gift. Now, what I'm getting from, from, from friends that are involved in this uh, directly, more directly, it's not my committee of jurisdiction, is that even in the SCIF, uh, where you would compartmentalize this information, uh, they're not sharing this, the answers to this. They're, and so we should know what was the FBI's role. And, the, and given that it's part of the Department of Justice, this is, like I say, this is the ongoing theme. It's time for justice to return to the Justice Department. All right, take a break. We'll come back. We'll continue. Dave Bratt, Congressman, Virginia, and Warren Davidson of Ohio. And as we continue this Friday, Sean Hannity Show, Freedom Caucus members, Dave Bratt, he is with the Commonwealth of Virginia, Warren Davidson of Ohio. All right, going over this entire mess that has been created by Robert Mueller and this team of Hillary Clinton sycophants and Trump haters that he has around him. And, of course, Comey, who got this all started, had the fix in for Hillary Clinton, along with another Clinton lover, Peter Strzok. What do we do to untangle the cord here, untangle the mess that's been created if we're going to be a country that has equal justice under the law? Dave Bratt. Yeah, well, I think several of the chairmen were running investigations uh, under good Latin judiciary in the House and then on the Senate side. But all these guys need to get coordinated on this deep state issue, and they need to hold these institutions to account in some way. And and it, it, 
it, it is incredibly complex, but I mean, you've laid out the case and it's clear and it's been clear since the Clinton corruption, you know, going way back to Bill. We've kind of had the goods, but then it's like justice disappears once it get up, gets up to the highest, highest level. It's kind of like the elites do some trades and there's a, a two two standards of justice, uh, one for the elites and one for the for the average person. Well, this populist movement from Bernie all the way through Trump has said uh, the American people have caught on. They know what's going on. <clears throat> and so I had a big election against that corruption. Uh, but the people need to send more fighters up here and they need to start leading the charge in the newspapers and explaining and building up a conservative movement again to fight back. The left is really energized. You saw yeah, but it in I got, Virginia. But, but, they are ready hey, to Brad, roll. Uh, you know, th- th- you're not getting a a lot of enthusiasm from some of the base in, in the party because they're disgusted with right. the lack of accomplishments. And I have less criticism, certainly of yep. the House than the Senate. You guys passed 300 bills. You know, they yep. passed only a couple this year in the Senate. They have only they've only given approval and confirmed half of the president's nominees that yep. he sent up there. I mean, it's there's no sense of urgency in the Senate and people are getting a little disgusted. That's not happening. This is in play Israel now. We can break through there. All right, hang on. Let's go to Congressman Davidson. You're breaking up, Congressman uh, Bratt. Congressman Davidson. Yeah, you know, Sean, I really appreciate you calling that out because the House, I feel, has just, we're about as frustrated, maybe even more so, because we're in this vice where the public's losing confidence, uh, even our base. And, and, and and we are sitting here going, well, yeah, we actually passed that. Well, yeah, we passed that. And you look at where we're at. We're doing a we're, we we have a good hand uh, when we come to spending. And we the House passed all the right bills back in September. We worked hard through uh, Ju- July to get that done, and it almost dropped due to a bad whip count. People worked hard to get to yes. It wasn't everything we wanted. Uh, frankly, some disappointments, but it was there for the promise of being able to jam the Senate on spending. And just as we're about to be able to do that in September, there's a CR. And now just as we're about to do that in, in uh, December, there's a CR. Don't want to do anything to derail tax reform, but come December 22nd, we're going to be looking to be finally, with a good hand, play the cards, put the pressure on the Senate to say, let's fund our troops, let's run this country the way it's supposed to if be. If not, don't if let anybody so go home for Christmas. Happen. Let them stay that's and work. They've, t- they've had enough true. vacation for the year, to be honest. I wish I had your vacation schedule, but all right. Thank you both. I'm, I'm not criticizing you. The Freedom Caucus stands apart from everybody else. Trust me. And we're, you're the only group we can count there. I will take a great, uh, quick break here. We'll come back. Uh, Kellyanne Conway joins us. Also, Christian Adams checks in. We'll get a lot of your calls in on this Friday. It's the Sean Hannity Show. Toll free. Our telephone number is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Jerusalem is still the capital of Israel and must remain an undivided city accessible to all. As soon as I take office, I will begin the process of moving the United States ambassador to the city of Israel as chosen as its capital. I continue to say that uh, Jerusalem will be the capital of Israel, and I have said that before and I will say it again. And Jerusalem will remain the capital of Israel and it must remain undivided. We will move the American embassy to the eternal capital of the Jewish people, Jerusalem. Therefore, I have determined that it is time to officially recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. While previous presidents have made this a major campaign promise, they failed to deliver. Today, I am delivering. 
I've judged this course of action to be in the best interests of the United States of America and the pursuit of peace between Israel and the Palestinians. This is a long overdue step to advance the peace process and to work towards a lasting agreement. This is a historic day. Jerusalem has been the capital of the Jewish people for 3,000 years. It's been the capital of Israel for nearly 70 years. It was here that our temples stood, our kings ruled, our prophets preached. Jerusalem has been the focus of our hopes, our dreams, our prayers for three millennia. From every corner of the earth, our people yearn to return to Jerusalem, to touch its golden stones, to walk its hallowed streets. So it's rare to be able to speak of new and genuine milestones in the glorious history of this city. Yet today's pronouncement by President Trump is such an occasion. We're profoundly grateful for the president for his courageous and just decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and to prepare for the opening of the U.S. Embassy here. This decision reflects the president's commitment to an ancient but enduring truth, to fulfilling his promises and to advancing peace. The president's decision is an important step towards peace, for there is no peace that doesn't include Jerusalem as the capital of the state of Israel. I call on all countries that seek peace to join the United States in recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's capital and to move their embassies here. I share President Trump's commitment to advancing peace between Israel and all of our neighbors, including the Palestinians. This has been our goal from Israel's first day, and we will continue to work with the president and his team to make that dream of peace come true. I also want to make clear there will be no change whatsoever to the status quo at the holy sites. Israel will always ensure freedom of worship for Jews, Christians, and Muslims alike. President Trump, thank you for today's historic decision to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. The Jewish people and the Jewish state will be forever grateful. The Prime Minister of Israel, the President of the United States, and probably the most underreported yet historic thing that the uh, president certainly has done, one of the most historic things that he has done since he has taken office, a promise that he kept, which, by the way, was not kept by four previous presidents that all said they would do the same thing. Uh, joining us now with more to discuss this, our friend Kellyanne Conway is uh, back, counselor to the president. How are you? I'm great, Sean. How are you today? I'm good. You know, this is so important on so many different levels. Number one, yeah. it's been promised by so many people, and the promise never, ever gets fulfilled. Now it got fulfilled. And then, you know, all these people that said they wanted it over the years, oh, we can't really do it. And I'm like, yeah, you really can, and it's done. Sean, it's pretty remarkable because not only have past presidents, both Democratic and Republican presidents, promised to do this, vowed this to do this, in part, I think, to curry favor and get votes. But you have the United States Senate beginning in 1995 by a vote of 93 to 5, folks. That's not a rounding error, not a close call. 93 to 5, huge bipartisan support to do exactly this. President Bill Clinton was in the Oval at the time, and he, in 1999, when it was supposed to become uh, turned into reality, he took 
took the six-month waiver. President Bush followed suit. They've all promised, but as is usually the custom around here, it took Donald Trump as president to deliver. Uh, just this past June, the Senate agreed with this by unanimous vote. And you talk to some of these Democratic and Republican Senate offices, you talk to the members themselves. And I think the one common thread is that they voted for it because they believe in it, but they but they voted for it because they also believed there'd never be a president to sign it into law. Look what happened with repealing and replacing Obamacare. You had the House and the Senate vote on it dozens of times. Literally, you get a guy as president who's willing to make it the law, and they can't get it through. Very similar here. Let me go to the other big story that we have been following, and this has been an unbelievable week in terms of discoveries that we've had. And, you know, we now know that the email server scandal that the fix was in, and the fix was in by James Comey and this guy Peter Strzok, who's a Hillary lover supporter, and, and James Comey, and they actually changed the wording from the legal definition of gross negligence to extreme carelessness. Uh, but it goes deeper as it relates to Peter Strzok. He was involved in the dossier issue. He was involved in interviewing General Michael Flynn. He was involved in interviewing Hillary. She wasn't under oath. Involved in interviewing Uma Abedin and Cheryl Mills. Now we know he's a, a, a vicious partisan. Uh, and, you know, you can go through the list of scandals. Then we got the the Mueller team that's appointed. And you only have big Democratic donor, donors, eight of the 16. And then you have someone like Andrew Weissman, who apparently was partying at Hillary Clinton's Christmas party this year, but on top of that donated money to Clinton and Obama and has one of the most atrocious track records that we've ever seen holding back exculpatory evidence in one case, overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court 9-0, overturned by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Tens of thousands of people lost the, their jobs because of his actions, and innocent people went to jail because of his actions. You know, what do you think of this team that Mueller has put together? Concerns were raised from the outset as he was adding lawyers because it was revealed that a number of them, as you correctly say, are Democratic donors. Now, everybody has political judgments and beliefs, but when you are meant to be independent and impartial, and that independence and impartiality and transparency is critical, critical to running investigations that reflect in independence and transparency and impartiality. You cannot be so blatant as to, I think, pal around with and enjoy the Hillary Clinton, quote, victory party that wasn't, which is where Andrew Weissman was blatantly giving money, and lots of money, by the way, significant amounts of money to one candidate. But now, Sean, what really strikes me was what I want your listeners to know is so much of this activity was occurring during the transition. Why? Because they didn't expect her to lose and him to win. And there's a common thread here, too, about the rush that was on to change the election results and, and go back and try to discredit the newly democratically elected president so that maybe he would never be seated in the first place. Uh, the other thing is that when it comes to this investigation, we're not talking about the 35,000 FBI rank-and-file employees. The president has made very clear that he respects the rank-and-file, but the I in the FBI in their motto stands for integrity and, the, you know, fidelity, bravery, integrity. And it's being called into question with respect to this investigation because there's just too many coincidences here. I have to really credit 
a number of the members of Congress at that hearing yesterday with FBI Director Ray. They asked the right questions about the impartiality and the, and the partisan inclinations and predilections and activities of some of these investigators. And they did it. You know, sometimes Republicans can be hearing impaired at these congressional hearings. They were excellent. They were. They really asked the right questions. And anybody who doesn't want to cover this part of the whole FBI investigation, DOJ saga, is being completely disingenuous. They, they've wasted over a year covering their part of it with very little to show. They are duty-bound to continue. What about this guy Orr? Pete, this guy Orr in the Department of Justice, he, he was on the main justice floor. He's four doors down from the deputy attorney general, his boss. And, and he's out there meeting with, allegedly meeting with the Fusion GPS dossier makers who took money, millions, millions from the Clinton campaign and the DNC to put together a dossier, which Jim Comey, by the way, under oath in March, referred to as salacious and unverified. It has salacious and unverified details. He changed his tune since, maybe, but go back and look at his testimony in March. You know, I, I look at all of this, <clears throat> Kellyanne, and I, I, I really have been hitting this really hard. And I watch and I watch. And yesterday was the first day that if anybody had watched any other cable network in the last year, all of what happened and was unfolding yesterday, would they probably would have been hearing it for the first time. This has been a huge onion now that we have been literally, you know, taking a slice a day off of that has now brought us to the point where we know a lot of things. We know that the email server scandal investigation, we know that the fix was in because they were exonerating Hillary and drafting that letter long before they had done the investigation. We similarly now know Hillary paid for the dossier. We we know that the FBI was very interested in the dossier and Bruce Orr actually met with Fusion GPS and met with Christopher Steele in that particular case. And we know the dossier was bought and paid for by Hillary and the Democratic Committee, the DNC, that she was running, according to Donna Brazil. And, you know, when you think of that one issue in particular, and then you got to really take it the next step with the R- Russian propaganda and lies if everyone's so concerned about Russian propaganda, were, were, was that the predicate for the warrants that were used to surveil, now I would argue illegally, a opposition candidate during an election or a president-elect post-election? It appears all that all happened. Questions. All excellent questions, Sean. And one, ones that I say are go to the heart of all of this now. And anybody, and I'm looking up at the TV screens right now, people aren't covering this side of it, by and large, a little bit here and there. But the reason they're not covering it is that this does not support the conclusion they've already made. They've had a conclusion in search of evidence for over a year. They've wasted an entire year. And there were news reports this week that so far the Mueller investigation has cost taxpayers $6.7 million. That's fine. But we need to know that there are independent, impartial folks working on this every step of the way, not just reassigned, quietly demoted. We need to know maybe they should be put under oath and asked, what did you do? Why did you do it? Did you ever meet with X, Y, and Z? What would be the purpose? What would be the purpose of meeting with the person who had put together a commission, the dossier, who was paid millions of dollars by a partisan organization, the DNC, which, by the way, has no money. They wasted it all on a phony, baloney dossier, and took money from the Clinton campaign, which had so much money to burn, which proved yet again the fastest way to make a small fortune is to have a very large one and waste most of it with a terrible candidate. This woman had every advantage. It tells you she's even, more, she's even a worse candidate than we had imagined and thought because she had all these advantages, including this, and, and couldn't get it done. 
But people have a right to know in their government on the taxpayer dime, folks, who is actively working against your democratically elected president and vice president. It's an important issue, and it should not go away. Those who say, right. ha, Stay right ha, there. ha, it's a dream that, it's a dream that this, uh, this investigation will be over soon. It ought to continue if it means adding this piece of it. Well, it, there's so many things that need to be redone. I mean, you can't have the fix, and that's called obstruction of justice. Uh, Kellyanne Conway, counselor to the president, is with us. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Next hour, your calls, and Christian Adams checks in with us. And as we continue, Kellyanne Conway with us. She, of course, counsel to the president. Um, You know, no matter what happens, it just seems that there's a never-ending obsession with going after this president. And it really started on November the 9th. Um, Now you've got people on uh, Liberal Morning Joe and his band of of anti-Trumpers over there every day. You know, it's so personal and it's so vitriolic and there's so much hate behind it. It's like they're bordering on having emotional breakdowns every morning on TV, which might actually make for interesting TV. But, you know, at any point, does this begin to wear on you? You've got so many people that's just attacking the president from every different angle? In a word, no. And they can keep trying, whoever the they is. I'm not going to be specific to any uh, individuals, especially if I don't watch their shows. But uh, look, just in the main, there are very few reporters who have really taken the time, Sean, to get to know this president and his decision-making and the way that he accepts and really expects lots of different input and ideas and individuals. He welcomes dissent. He welcomes disagreement. He knows he's the ultimate decision maker. It's an absolute pleasure to work for him. It's frankly an absolute pleasure to work for him as a woman and as a, as a mother of school-aged children because uh, we are, we're all respected and included. And I think that's what really drives the liberals crazy. You have a new female Homeland Security, the Director of Homeland Security in the Cabinet today, her deputy's female. You've got a lot of top-level women in the Cabinet. It just drives them crazy because it, it just upends all their narratives about him. Now, I will also tell you that because some people thought he wouldn't last very long, it's self-laughable, they really have lazily not tried to get to know him, his senior team, the way decisions are made. It's easy for them to spit into the wind. Most of the criticism out there comes in print or on TV. It comes from people who have never worked in a White House, let alone this White House. Some folks are just jealous of him, frankly, and a lot of folks don't have access to him, including those who had access for a very long time. And it was their oxygen, it was their gold, and now they don't have it. And it's going to be a very long eight years for those who... You know, don't have access and don't understand him. A lot of crybabies out there that think everything in life is about them, and it's not. Uh, That's why I'm walking on sunshine at all times. (laughs) I love that. All right, Kellyanne Conway, as always, thank you for being with us. News Roundup Information Overload is next. Uh, Christian Adams checks in, and your calls, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number you want to join us. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. Congressman, so many people right now are worried that there might be a bias at the upper levels of the FBI. Should we be worried about that? We should, Steve. There's there's conduct that tells you that they were not uh, fully disclosing, fairly practicing in a way that would show you that the Clinton investigation wasn't tainted. And the FBI director admitted as much when he said that on a de novo basis, what the inspector general is doing could lead to a reevaluation of the actual decision on indicting Hillary Clinton. Do you think that would be a good idea? 
Well, it's important that we get dispel any questions of, of wrongdoing. And in this case, we have a number of actions by FBI agents and high-ranking Department of Justice officials that clearly show something went wrong in their, their activity and their tweeting or texting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that calls into question uh, the, the, this very controversial decision where we know that Hillary Clinton did leave illegally with documents she should not have left government with, denied the government copies of records, and yet somehow the decision was made that no crime was committed that could be prosecuted. Right. Congressman, we heard a new name. Bruce Orr, an assistant deputy attorney general, was removed from his job uh, because apparently he didn't tell anybody that he'd been meeting with the Fusion GPS dossier people. Well, this is probably the most troubling because in the case of of, uh, uh, Deputy Attorney General or what you have is somebody four doors down from the Attorney General who had conduct that that calls into question whether or not perhaps people there knew that the Democratic National Committee was paying for the fake dossier, that using the fake dossier to then launch an investigation was clearly wrong. And, uh, and and that's sort of that you back up and say, well, that means that everything that's been going on relative to, uh, if you will, the Trump campaign right. could well be simply following the Democratic National Committee's intended route. I know a number of Republicans on uh, your committee yesterday were talking about you would like to see the information the FBI presented uh, to get the FISA surveillance because it looks like they might have used the dossier, which when you think about it, if they use the dossier, which was oppo research paid for by Hillary Clinton, that would be off the chart bad. It clearly would be off the charts bad. But let's remember that former director Comey uh, didn't see a problem with reaching a conclusion not to prosecute before some of the witnesses were even deposed. So there's a lot of bad there. Uh, Clearly, we're having a problem with, uh, with the new director in that although he says he will consider providing, he certainly has not been forthcoming in sharing even what we call in camera the data that causes these conclusions to be reached. And by the way, let's remember, with a special prosecutor, there's an ongoing investigation, an investigation that may have been started by nothing more than, as you say, op research paid for by Hillary Clinton. Yes, op research paid for, bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton. It gets, you know, the mystery just gets bigger and bigger and bigger every single day. Anyway, news roundup, information overload hour. You know, now we know the email server scandal, the fix was in. We know that the phony Russian propaganda dossier was bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton and the Hillary Clinton run DNC. We know Uranium One that there was extortion and bribery and and all sorts of other crimes, money laundering and things like that happening. And Mueller and so many other people knew it. We know that Comey, best friends with Mueller and Rosenstein, well, we know he leaked the information. And in fact, Comey himself put the fix in on the email scandal. Then you got Mueller and his merry band of corrupt, Trump-hating, Hillary-loving bandits in, in charge in all of this. Then Peter Strzok. Then you got this guy, Bruce Orr, and, you know, the, well, Andrew Weissman. I mean, this – you can't even make a novel evolve like this. It wouldn't be believable, but it is the situation we now find ourselves in. 
Uh, Christian Adams is with us, president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation and editor of PJ Media, has a terrific column out discussing and asking a lot of the important questions about not only the Attorney General Jeff Sessions, but his deputy, Rod Rosenstein. Uh, What's happening, Christian Adams? How are you? Hey, Sean. Great to have you uh, talking to me today. A lot of a lot of meat on that bone that we're throwing out here today. Why don't we start at the beginning and and go through the investigation itself and the people that Mueller has hired and work our way back? Right. Realize, Sean, this is Eric Holder's big payoff. He spent years institutionalizing radicalism and normalizing partisanship at the department in the hires, and now you have all these department lawyers who are on the Mueller investigation, who are deputies to Rod Rosenstein. You actually have Aaron Zelensky, who is on the Mueller investigation, who's prosecuting Mike Flynn. Sean, he is a Huffington Post blogger. I mean, to say things like that, it's like you've entered Wonderland, that you have a blogger at the Huffington Post prosecuting uh, uh, Michael Flynn. And you have this institutionalization of leftism behind the prosecution of the lawyers who work on this case. Well, I mean, you just look at them and you look at their atrocious track records and you look at the Andrew Weissman in particular with Anderson Accounting and Enron and the Merrill Lynch executives and the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals overturns one ruling. He got a 9-0 Supreme Court uh, decision overturning the the obstruction of justice uh, guilt, guilty verdict he gets. People spend their, you know, a year in jail and they're proven innocent. Uh, he holds back exculpatory information, makes up laws that don't exist. Um, you got this guy, Bruce Orr, and he's in full contact with Fusion GPS. And you got to wonder at some point, where does the conflict of interest come in here? Because they knew about Putin's attempts to get a foothold in the uranium market. They, they knew that all these crimes were being committed long before Cepheus ever signs off and Hillary Clinton and Eric Holder on the Uranium One deal. You know that they're investigating now Trump for a year with Russian collusion and and they keep going way off what their original mandate is. And it makes me wonder if there's any equal justice under the law in this country or is this a banana republic now? Well, I've been warning about this 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 partisanship inside the department for years. And, you know, you hit the nail right on the head. This is an investigation that is going to keep spiraling out of control unless somebody gets it under control. And the only person who has the power to do that is Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. But the problem is, Sean, and I can tell you today on your show, that in his office, there's about five swamp lawyers. These are people Rosenstein brought with him from Baltimore, where he was the U.S. attorney, and they are partisans. They are lefties, and they are running the show and giving orders to Mueller and his crowd. And they are not Trump fans. And how they got the jobs was just amazing. I mean, you know, people wanted the swamp drain. Well, this was filling the swamp back up. One of them, Sean, is Sujit Rahman. He's one of the lawyers I write about. He was actually a Soros fellow at Harvard Law School. And now he is a, a number two or three deputy attorney general overseeing the Mueller investigation. These are hardcore left-wing swamp radicals. What do you make of, I mean, Weissman in particular, I mean, if you look at everybody, of the 16 that he originally appointed, eight of them are big Democratic donors, over $50,000. You know, you look at the track record, why would you pick somebody like Andrew Weissman, who we now know actually attended 
uh, a Hillary Clinton election night party, according to the Wall Street Journal reporting today. And, you know, his attendance at the party, isn't that a sign of a very troubling sign pointing to trouble? And then then you've got this guy, Peter Strzok, and, and Peter Strzok is, you know, obviously in the tank for Hillary, and he's involved in just about every issue. He's involved in Uma Abedin's interview and Cheryl Mills's interview. We, we all know that they lied in those interviews to the FBI. No charges against them. He's involved in the General Flynn investigation. He's there when Hillary Clinton in the email investigation. He's he's the guy at the top that's actually changing the words from gross negligence to extreme carelessness right. to get away from the, the legal definition of what this is. Um, she wasn't Hillary Clinton wasn't uh, put under oath when she was being interviewed by the FBI. We know she lied repeatedly about many of these issues. You know, the whole thing stinks to high heaven. You know, what part of well, this he, are people not getting? Yeah, he, he his job was to defend Hillary from his perch at the DOJ. That's what he cared about. Look, Sean, folks need to understand. I was at the Justice Department, an attorney there. This is normalized. These people don't think they're doing anything wrong, even today. If you had one of them on their show, uh, the show today, they would tell you that they, they're allowed to go to Hillary's parties. They're protected in their political beliefs, and they don't see anything wrong. That's how deep the problem is. They don't have a conscience about this sort of thing. And that's why you see Hillary getting off stock free and Michael Flynn pleading guilty to a flimsy charge. Uh, from from Mueller's prosecution, but the, but the fix was in on Hillary. That there's no, it's it's there's overwhelming evidence that James Comey, before conducting the investigation, uh, ends up writing an exoneration of her, and then they even changed the terminology away from the legal definition. So she got a pass. And she she the fix was in for her. Is that true? Right, and the change of the terminology is critical. Folks need to understand this. Being extremely careless is not a felony, but being grossly negligent is. And these Hillary hack lawyers at DOJ, uh, Weissman, who was responsible for this, did it to protect Hillary because he likes Hillary. Strzok didn't do a good interview of Hillary because he likes Hillary. He wanted her to win. And these people wanted her to win because then they would move up the the ladder at the DOJ. It's all personal a power that they seek. That's what's going on. They're making $180,000 a year to give Hillary a pass so she can be the next president. Make so no why, why would Mueller, that everyone always, a man of great integrity, we were told, why is he playing along with this and putting these people in power? Well, the most, the most forgivable reason is he thought that these people would be more likely to get prosecutions. But, you know, that cuts both ways, doesn't it? Because, uh, you know, if you have these overzealous Democrats... Uh, you might get prosecutions, but you might also get tainted prosecutions. And that's what seems to be happening now is the whole investigation is tainted. Unbelievable. All right. We really appreciate you being with us. Uh, Christian Adams, always a pleasure to have you around. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN is a toll-free telephone number. We'll get to your calls next final half hour. All right. Let's get to our busy phones here. 800-941-SEAN. We'll do that for our final half hour as well. Mark is in Virginia. Mark, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. Happy Friday. Yeah, thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. A uh, long-time listener and viewer. Uh, love your show um, on TV and the radio. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy New Year to you. I want to call and talk about the hypocrisy of the left, how it's widely known that um, Aberdeen and uh, Mills lied to the uh, FBI, and yet nothing gets done to them. But General Flynn, who served our country for, you know, God knows how many decades, you know, lied to the FBI, and he's found guilty. I mean, the hypocrisy is crazy, and it's not just in that subject. It's across the board, but that's one that is just shocking. 
You know, I can't believe well, that. Well, we, because it's the that. same guy, and now we know the answer. It was the same guy that interviewed all of them. Flynn, Hillary, yeah. Mills, Uma Abedin. And it's the guy we now know, along with his, his girlfriend, that is a Clinton lover and a Trump hater. And the question is, absolutely. how does somebody like that get in that position of power? How is that not even obstruction of justice in some ways, you know, between him and Comey literally getting an exoneration for Hillary before they do the investigation? I mean, imagine if this were a Democratic administration and they're investigating post-election Donald Trump. Do you think Donald Trump would get that favorability? I doubt it. And I no, bet, I bet everybody not. would scream bloody murder that Donald Trump needs to go to jail. And be prosecuted and be held accountable and equal justice under the law. But, of course, that's not happening. Big things, I guess, uh, you know, I could go on so many different things with you. But how is it that um, not not just they get into power, but how are they able to stay in power? How are they able to keep their positions in the private sector? These people be fired. Because that's, that's the swamp. That's the sewer. That's what we're talking about. These are people. There are people at, at the highest levels of power that that get drunk on that power and they think they know better. Let me tell you something. They think we're stupid. They think that the American people made a mistake and by golly, by hook or crook, they're going to do everything they can possibly do to stop Donald Trump. And that's what we've now seen since November 9th. And even before the election, you know, traps being set, deep state leaking, of course, corruption galore, exoneration of guilty people, and it's now being exposed. And, you know, some people say, well, Hannity, when is it all going to come together? The House of Cards is now rattling. It's shaking. It's going to come tumbling down. And it's going to be sooner rather than later. It's not going to take much longer because we've been on this for so long. So I just urge people to be patient because I know a lot more is coming. Uh, Joe and Ella J. Joe, we have about a minute. It's all yours. Glad you called, sir. You were great. I, I read the article in the New York Times. Uh, boy, even uh, it was great reading about you. That whole Mueller investigation ought to, ought to be shut down. But I'll tell you, Sean, I think Trump's the best president in history, and you're the best talk show host in history. And I followed your program every night. Like I say, I read the article in the New York Times. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, but but you're just doing a super job. And all I can say is, we, people down here in LJ, we all love you. Keep up the great work for the taxpayers. Go Donald Trump and go Sean Hannity. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Joe and LJ. Have a great Christmas, my friend. All right, we'll do uh, wide open phones. Final half hour, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, our number. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue. Glad you are with us. And three hours a day, it's all we ask every day. We are the antidote to the extreme media bias, the destroy Trump media. We'll continue. Glad you're with us. What a week this has been. Like every week, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen, I call it like a quickening. Art Bell years ago wrote a book, The Quickening, and everything is, you know, fast, fast, fast. All the news is, there's never a slow news day anymore. It doesn't exist. I mean, I just think about it. There's always something every day. You know, one of the things that is, I'll give you a remarkable anecdote on, on how interested people now are in the news So last year was the biggest election year in terms of viewership that we had ever seen at the Fox News Channel. And yes, last year I was in my 22nd year. I've now started my 23rd year. And the ratings from October are are in. And and thanks to all of you, we're the number one show on cable news. And but it's that's not my point. My big point here is we had higher numbers this October 
We're kicking out one of the highest months ever. And our numbers were up in all demos this October over last October. I mean, that shows the engagement that people have. And I think this is what the GOP really needs to understand. They People in this country, they want the agenda accomplished. They want promises kept. They want a good, strong fight, and they want things to get better. And then, of course, watching the Democrats do what they always do. Anytime a Republican gets elected, they do what they always do. And that's, you know, they sit on their hands and they have a fit and they do nothing and they try to obstruct. And sadly, Republicans have gotten weaker than they've ever been and so afraid of criticisms that they they unfortunately don't want to even begin the tough intellectual arguments for, say, things like health care cooperatives or health savings accounts. They don't really want to talk about, you know, profound, deep things that could change the economy forever. I, If I was in Congress, I absolutely would have supported this this tax plan that the president put forward. But the president also wanted a lowering of top marginal rates. You know, the fact that they bury the state tax repeal six years down the road. Well, you better die in that six year because it might be the one year that exists where you don't get double taxed. And to me, these are basic. These are fundamental things. We did get, of course, the the health care mandate repeal in this bill. We'll see what finally comes out of conference. We did get the corporate tax cuts lowered significantly, nearly in half. We did get the repatriation opportunity for multinationals to bring in trillions. You know, you look at the numbers economically today, they're they're pretty phenomenal. And you got the total unemployment report, you know, defies media expectations again. And, you know, you remember during the Obama years, you know, almost every media report on the monthly unemployment numbers started off with a sentence like, in an unexpected development, the economy added dramatically fewer jobs than were previously forecast, defying the predictions of economists who've been insisting that the recovery has been underway for months and months and months. Well, he ended up being the only president in American history that never had a single year of his presidency at 3% GDP growth rate, ever. Anyway, and and the energy independence policies of the president, and of course, after energy, you've got, you know, burdensome regulations that he all did on his own. Anyway, the LA Times laid at U.S. economy is now on a solid footing. Employers added a robust 228,000 new jobs last month. The nation's unemployment rate holding steady 4.1% at a 17-year low. Job growth in November exceeded forecasts from many analysts who are looking for just an increase of 195,000. So all good news, consumer confidence at a 17-year high, food stamp participation 7-year low, labor participation at a at a 10-year high, which was a big factor back in the Obama years. Uh, home starts now are at a at a 15 year high or 30 year high, rather all types of home starts. And, and that's good for the average consumer. So that means they're going to be buying their perhaps their first home or buying a newer home or build, you know, a bigger home, whatever they want. So all those things begin to work. But they did forget one major thing, and that was across the board tax cuts that I would argue would have added a lot more growth to the economy because they didn't they didn't want to be labeled as tax cutters for the rich. All right, let's get to our busy uh, telephones here. We have Waylon is in Highlands in North Carolina. Waylon, hey, how are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for taking my call and for everything that you do. Well, thank you. Um, I was wanting to uh, just share a a quick story. Um, My wife and I started a business last year, and we sell American-made products for the home, and uh, we had contemplated looking for a storefront, but uh, in, in town here, but we didn't 
determine or decide to do that until after the election because um, <laughs> the way things, way things were looking, uh, we thought Hillary was going to win and, and really felt like that was not going to be the best decision. And then after the glorious election night, um, we decided to look for a storefront and because we had, as a result of his messaging, the confidence to move ahead with that commitment. And uh, I just wish that people would allow him to do his job, because even with all of the things working against him, we see improvement in the economy that you can't deny. And it's just really phenomenal. And I, I just wanted to take a moment to share my story and, and thank for Trump. Well, for congratulations. I mean, you know, it's doesn't it feel good when you get in control of your life and your destiny? Doesn't it feel good when you get opportunity? It does. It does. It's very empowering. Um, so tell me more about what you're going to do, what your plans are. Well, um, we are, you know, of course, trying to get the website going is, is always a problem, I guess, it's for everybody. But, um, you know, we have some exciting things potentially on the horizon. Um, don't want to give away too much, but hopefully working with selling some, you know, furniture packages for those new homebuyers that you're talking about. Uh things that are made here locally, um, promoting local artisans, that type of thing. That, that's what we love to do, um, highlighting charities and that type of thing. It's, um, it's really what we, what we want to do. That's awesome. I wish you all the best, all the success you could ever garner. And, um, you know, one thing people uh, I've always dealt with in, in this stupid business of radio and TV, I've always met people, they, they think they've always got to put someone else down to build themselves up or other people have to fail for them to succeed. It's never, ever been that way. A rising tide does lift all boats. And sure, it's good to be competitive, but it's also good to have a, a team behind you. And, you know, that's what makes great radio stations. There's not three hours in any one, in, in 20, in any one 24-hour day. There's 24. And you need good programming for all 24. All right, back to our busy telephones as we check in with Zach in Marion, Kentucky. Zach, how are you? I'm very good, Sean. It's good to be on the show. How are you doing today? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm very good. I was just going to make some comments on the Mueller investigation and how, you know, looking back, especially with uh, Peter Stroke, and um, even if you say that these anti-Trump texts that uh, were found out later were a thing, uh, I'm, I'm sure that Mueller, being part of the FBI and so close with them, would have known about uh, Peter Stroke helping to amend the Comey uh, dispensation on what he was looking for in the, the Clinton investigation. And it just seems interesting that, you know, all of a sudden, when a Republican gets in office, so many people are so focused on justice, uh, that being a word that's used differently depending on who you support. Yeah, that's all. Listen, that, that is all true. And but there really is one rule of law, right? There only is there should be one standard for everybody. And, and you can't have a bunch of partisans that are that are known that have known biases involved in every case and applying the law based on what one's politics are. You can't put the fix in for Hillary Clinton before you actually do the investigation. That would be pretty corrupt, right? I agree with that. And the same thing with uh you know, it, you can argue whether it was uh, a good thing for Jeff Sessions to recuse himself. I think politically it was. But then calling for him to recuse himself uh, over something that seems uh, a little bit more minor, considering the bias that we're seeing right now, and then 
you know, responding with complete silence when we're faced with how many different biases we're seeing coming out of this investigation is, is corrupt, yeah. in my opinion. It is definitely corrupt. All right, my friend, thank you. Have a great weekend. And, uh, well, where's time? Oh, before we go, I forgot to say one last thing in here. Did you hear Mika, you know, of Liberal Joe? Well, she actually said and raises this question. Well, first, Franken accuser, Leanne Tweeden, that's the one we have the picture of. Playboy model who goes on Hannity voted for Trump. Really? Oh, okay. The picture doesn't speak volumes to Mika. We're going to deal with this on Monday's program. All right, that's going to really do it for us today. We're out of time. Thanks so much for being with us. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.